Welcome back to One of I by Mabby. I'm Issa. So convos today are my faves, the ones where our incredible guest has so much information and insight to share that you never really know where the conversation is mm. going to take you. Lisa Hyde is a multipreneur. She's a former talent agent turned business owner and life coach and podcast host. And That's now, not enough things. Yeah, not enough <laughs> because I got one more for you. And now author of the new book, Be Strong Her. That's strong, H-E-R, her like female. We're talking today about literally everything from family to fitness, from beauty to business to Bravo. Your favorite thing. Yes. We loved talking to Lisa and we know that you'll get as much inspo from this conversation as we did. And after you listen to this episode, go check out her podcast, The Confidence Crown, wherever it is that your little ears are listening to this and go pick up her book, Be Strong Her on Amazon. Enjoy. Wanna Vibe is a podcast and resource speaking simply about all things wellness. We want to break down each topic and start from the beginning, avoiding the assumption that everyone knows the building blocks to a particular subject. The way we see it, wellness is all-encompassing of each aspect that affects our everyday lives. In addition to our faves like fitness and nutrition, this can mean anything from relationships to careers, finances, spirituality, and so much more. We are Abby and Issa. Wanna Vibe? So, um, I'm Abby. Hi, Abby. Hi, Isma. How are you? It's so nice to meet you. We're so excited to have you. you. Mm. Likewise. Thank you. I apologize. It is 9am over here and I normally don't do stuff before 11 because my voice is always so course like it is oh, now totally appreciate. that's so funny you say that because i won't speak like the first hour. i have a low voice to begin with but i won't speak like the first hour that i wake up because it's so it's like wildly wildly lower i think it's sexy. sexy thank you it, it's fun for a second except i had laryngitis and bronchitis the past oh. two weeks and so oh i've had God. like and I, I kept looking at this time going oh my God, no. <laughs> come on come on you can do it you can oh, well, do thank it you voice. so much because it's noon by us so we appreciate <laughs> Appreciate you being you. No, no, my yeah, pleasure. Really. But I'm like, if it goes in and out, it's 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 totally fine. I'm trying. Totally. To oh, so we are recording. Okay, we'll mm-hmm. just cut this this jibber jabber mm-hmm. out then. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Hi there. Yeah. Hi. So, um, ladies. <laughs> yeah. So today we have Lisa Hyde on the podcast. Um, Lisa, you wear about a zillion hats. So do you <laughs> want to? Um, do you want to give everyone a little brief on who you are and what you do? Sure. I will do my best. Um, First of all, thank you guys for having me on. This is very exciting. Um, I am the wearer of many hats. Um, (laughs) My brand is the Confidence Crown, Mm -hmm. which is the umbrella. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, It's kind of the umbrella that oversees my life, which includes a podcast as well, um, but also coaching. And I wrote a book. Oh my gosh, I wrote a book last year. I'm totally going to talk about that. <laughs> um, and then also I've had um, a network sales company for, sorry, network marketing company for eight and a half years. Yeah. Um, and it was because of that business that really allowed me to hone in on things that were needed and missing. And so I think that's where all these other little elements came. It's really just been this, you know, roller coaster of a personal development path um, in these past eight and a half years that has gone from me being completely terrified of public speaking um, to being now 
in front of the camera, right? Um, it's complete craziness too. As we speak, I am prepping for um, my next my next hat, um, which will be a speaker for Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah, thank you. It's, um, it's a little insane. That's huge. That you is- could not have said this is what I was going to be doing that, as, an, as an adult, that when I grew up, I would, this was not in the plan at all. None of this. And what's amazing is that you're also simultaneously like empowering women to do the same on their own. So... And that's, it's kind of a pay it forward aspect. And it just, again, it unraveled from the direct sales where I was coaching women on starting their own businesses and I was seeing them getting stuck in certain places and it was not where I would get stuck. So I had to figure out like, wait a second. And there was this common denominator and it really was elements of confidence that were lacking and how could we and what could we do to get them past these blocks basically. And so I've just been diving deeper and deeper into all of this to try to figure it out because obviously there must've been something in me that projected and found these people. Um, And yet I don't think of that as being an issue for me. Um, so it's really, it's just, it's crazy how the mind and body works. Yeah. And it's really just been this incredible, I think I've said this now three times, but this path of just learning about myself and learning about overcoming loss, overcoming mm-hmm. failures and how you just have resilience to keep going. And that's... I think I'm the Energizer Bunny. I just keep going and going and going. Well, it seems like you're able to channel all your energy, whether it be positive or negative, and use it to propel yourself forward. Yeah, everything for your motivation. is a skill that is, um, I think a lot of people have not developed. Um, and it seems like you're really helping people develop that skill. Thank you. I hope so. I mean, in the end, obviously, that is the, the goal, right? Is that I'm not just... Um, that I'm not just spending all this time working on me, that I'm actually helping other people um, because that's been my path. It's so funny. My whole life, um, having to prep for this next phase, we've had to keep going over and over and over. Like, how did we get here? How did we get here? And I realized I've been doing this since I was a kid. Mm. I was always the fixer and the caregiver. Well, that's um, the perfect segue. I was literally just going to say <laughs> yeah. that. Thank you for teeing that up for us. We, we so love welcome. just asking about like your childhood, how your parents were, how you grew up as a kid. So like, go ahead, let us, let us know. So I'm the poster child for dysfunctional families okay. and I'm very proud to own that one because <laughs> um, <laughs> it obviously made me who I am today. We're all hydrating. We're all taking a I'm so sorry, ladies. It's so unprofessional. Woo. So um, parents got divorced when I was two. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father was, uh, we, the nickname was Disneyland Dad. He was really great at that. And that was about it. Right. Um, he had an alcohol and a drug problem. Mm-hmm. And so he was not a reliable uh, parent, nor was he one <laughs> that you would want your child to spend a lot of time with. Um, unfortunately... I didn't know everything that was going on, so I couldn't report back to my mom. And my mom didn't realize a lot of it that was happening. She didn't realize he was doing it in front of me. Right. So it wasn't until I was in junior high where it all kind of exploded um, when I had a girlfriend visiting who who knew what all the things were around me um, and reported to her mom. And soon the spring break vacation at my my father's house was over. Right. Um, Yeah, it was kind of crazy because I just thought, 
these were always daddy's homemade cigarettes that I made for him. I right. had, I didn't know what pot was. Sorry, it's not funny at all, but. <laughs> no, it's not funny, but it is because I had little hands. So it was nice little tight anyway. Yeah. Um, so, and uh, he comes from a line of alcoholics. So none of this is a surprise, but yeah. my mom really thought at least he didn't do these things in front of me. She had no idea how much I was subjected to. Right. And, um, and she had a, very dysfunctional relationship with her father, which carried over to a relationship with me because he had kind of stepped in as the father figure and then, and then wasn't. So it's girls, we could go all day about this one. Um, but it was obviously that foundation, um, of not having two parents, my mom playing both roles. Yeah. yeah, A really strong single mom. She worked her butt off, Mm -hmm. but Stability was definitely a, not a common thing, you know, because again, not being a good parent meant he wasn't participating in child support yeah. or alimony or anything. So she really was on her own. Were you, are you the only child? Yeah, thankfully. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, for both sides. I mean, yeah. for my mom, because that would have yeah. been like way too much work and my dad should never have had children. Right, so yeah, right. that's definitely knock on wood. So do you feel like all of those factors really were um, building blocks to you being so motivated to be successful as an adult? So this is, again, this is so crazy because I'm, we're having to really, really tear into this stuff right now as we're preparing. And um, this is the nuttier part of it all. So my first career that I absolutely adored and loved and the one that I pursued for 12 years, I had, since I was five years old, I was scribbling the logo for the talent agency that I wanted to work at. Wow. My dad and grandfather had worked there. And for some reason, I wanted to show them I could do it better. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, where does a five-year-old get that theory? Right. Um, so, but that stuck with me and it, I literally had to do it for 12 years and for my mom to get sick and 9-11, all these things had to just have this perfect storm of sh- shit, yeah, <laughs> for lack of better words. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we called it a shit storm um, for me to kind of like, like, wow, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Although I love it. It is incredibly, incredibly mentally and physically taxing. And um, obviously being her caregiver was the priority. So I know we just took this huge leap from five years old to um, my my 30s. Um, But that's, Mm -hmm. it was this, this need to, in a sense, like be successful and prove him wrong because he wasn't. Right. His drugs and alcohol had kind of gotten in the way of his career. And I, but I don't know why that was so important to me. And it's so bizarre because I even went to college to find anything else besides entertainment to interest me. But I was like, no, I'm going to be an agent and I'm going to work at this agency. I even interviewed at other ones and I still worked at the same one that they worked at. It was like, God, like how much more painful do you have to do? What are you doing? Yeah, you couldn't get off the path. Yeah. No, no. And I I could time again. I loved it. I was proud of what I did. Um, I actually realized two years and I hated being an agent. I became a manager, which is another element of the same industry. But um, I loved the process of developing talent Mm. because again, the wounded, the person who was always taking care of wounded birds, always the caregiver, always the fixer. um, I got to do it full time and get paid. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. (laughs) I just didn't know people called it now coaches and mentors and all these other things. It was just, you're an agent. This is your job. You're a manager. This is your job. I got, you know, I worked for free for years to 
create other people's careers. Yeah. Right. So it's interesting. Like you say, you know, you obviously were very good at your job and you loved it at the time. Like when you decided to leave, was that a super hard decision? I mean, your mom was sick. You left to take care of her. Is that correct? Yeah. So I had established myself enough where I had my own management company. I was working from my home. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, here we go. Yeah. I mean, I was like, that was, that, that was a kind of a pinnacle of achievement. Yeah. Um, and I was pretty stoked. Um, I will preface it by 9-11 had just happened, which meant all of our businesses had slowed down. We yeah. went from everything being written to reality. And so this was like yes. a huge change in the market. I represented actors. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and they weren't getting acting jobs because no. of reality TV. No. And the writing clients weren't Wild. getting it because people wanted them to go. Again, everything was being pushed towards this reality thing, which I resisted because I was from motion picture talent. Like, yeah. It, I had to become a manager to even understand that television was going to be a much more lucrative path. I was so old school. And change is so scary, no matter, you know, no matter what it is. Totally. Especially if you're so well established and then you're, something like this happens and it just blows everything out of the water and you're like, what do I do now? This is what I know. How am I going to shift my thinking? I remember meeting with a couple of the first Survivor cast members um, as for representation and we had the meeting and they left. I looked at my partner and I was like, oh, there's no way. I, I can't do this. Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Right. I am guilty of loving my reality TV now, but... Which ones? Oh, my housewives. Yeah, so, yeah of course. Come on. This is a common theme and I just sit here like, oh. Hello, I, knew, I live in I LA. I Survivor long you ago. I'm the, like, I don't get I'm it. I'm telling you, you have to get into the Bravo world. I don't get it. I couldn't, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get Survivor. I loved, what was the one back then? The race, the two people. Amazing uh, race. That was the first one that was like, that's the coolest thing ever. Um, and then obviously all the MTV stuff. I was an MTV child. So, um, Jersey Shore. Jersey, yeah, Jersey I was Shore, like real world. Oh, real Thank world. You. I'm old. I'm 50. So I was I'm, gonna I'm, say, I'm, I'm like, the real Jersey world. Shore, that was last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I tried, I was like, what is that? No, I'm, I'm definitely at the I know, I'm 50. I, I grew up MTV and I were like, mm, this is my life. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. Um, these are the times where I wish there was video instead of just audio because damn girl, <laughs> for real. Um, love for my skincare business and while I'll never give that up. <laughs> yes. So like you were super, super scared to, yeah. to give it all up, but you did it anyway. So what, how did that feel? Um, terrifying and probably relief in some parts because I am, again, the business was changing. Um, it wasn't as lucrative for me at that, at that exact moment, things mm-hmm. were again, this weird pattern of everything on hold. No one, no one was earning. Um, I saw my mom as needing, I had, I had to step in. I mean, that, that wasn't really the, like, it was more like, could I continue to do the job and take care of her? That was a kind of like the first question. And then it was right. like, Oh, hell no. Um, so it was close my doors, file for bankruptcy and wow. be able to focus on taking care of her. Cause I needed to then, you know, I didn't need to pay her bills, right? I needed to yeah. be able to pay her mortgage, her bills. I couldn't have one myself. So I had to do that whole flip and just like literally huge loss, get rid of everything and um, go back to working retail 
Um, I did a high-end retail. That's how I paid my way through college. Um, And so I had to went back to one of those. And not that retail is bad, but for me, again, from wanting that career so badly as a child, retail was settling. Mm, Right. And that was probably the hardest thing that was happening to me at that time because I didn't want to be in that job. Yeah. But I needed it for the insurance coverage right. and I needed to have some mind numbing um, and some place to go a few hours a day. Um, but I was yeah, actually yeah, managing yeah. stores. So I, I had team members that I had to be responsible for. I don't right. know what I was thinking. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it. um, yeah. I think it was put, like a survival mode type of situation. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, for sure. Because um, she was my best friend. We were super close. and. Yeah. I can ca- stop swearing at any time. I apologize. No, no, I keep swearing. Okay. It would be so off brand if you just stopped swearing <laughs> for us. And for I us, try to yeah. explain this to people. I was an agent. If if you don't say fuck after every other word, you are not using it correctly. It's an adverb. <laughs> it's an adjective. You emphasize just how much you mean when you're <laughs> exactly. fucking talking about something. Uh, yes. Yeah, so it is. I have to. Like, if there's children around, I have to really figure out other words because my brain oh my just God. goes there. Mm-hmm. I have a four year old and. It's amazing oh that he has not been swearing like in regular conversation. It's wild. <laughs> Just you wait. Just I know, you right? wait. I understand like it's that kindergarten moment where parents are like, oh, uh, I know. I feel like I'm always <laughs> apologizing around your son. Mm, I'll say something and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You're so little. I don't feel like oh, gosh. that. But that was, that was it. You know, my best friend was falling apart. And yeah. that was also the hardest thing because... We, I could, as much as I was taking care of her, I couldn't fix this problem. This right. wasn't like one of her migraines. This wasn't, you know, a diet. This was, this was something I could not fix. And I think that was one of the most difficult things to handle. Um, and also having a rare cancer that they didn't have a protocol for. And so the treatments were wacky and there was always this kind of panic about the next test result and like, what were we going to do? And it was just, it, that was just insane for, it was five years of like this roller coaster of madness. So I don't wish it on anyone. Absolutely. It it seems like, I mean, as someone, I perceive you as someone who, I don't know, who doesn't enjoy having control over things, but like as someone who is used to being able to control different factors in their life, like, did you develop any mechanisms or techniques to cope with the fact that you absolutely just had to surrender control? What did you feel like release any of that stress? You're funny. So I didn't really know about the release part. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did get a therapist, which was bravo. (sighs) Totally. uh, Because I needed to have somewhere to, again, release some of it. Um, We also worked up from just having conversations to finally being given a prescription of Wellbutrin Mm -hmm. as we saw that things were definitely not going to be turning around. Um, And I don't know... I don't know if it's just like me over talking about this at the time. I didn't cry for five years, but I definitely didn't cry. Like from that final year, year and a half marker where we knew like we weren't going back, um, there was no tear shed from me. And that was probably the hardest thing. But I was like stoic because I was so afraid if she saw me cry Mm, that she would unravel more because she was already emotional and upset and having a really, really tough time with accepting that this was her fate. And um, I, I, 
I was, again, I'm managing those stores. Um, a lot of the people working for me are now friends and they know what's going on and they gave me as much space as possible. But there were elements where I do, like, I look back and I was like, how did I do that? I think I was yeah, just in survival mode. Yeah, because it, it took me, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> I got to spend this past, like like I said, eight and a half years, like unraveling a lot of what happened. And so this December, we're actually at the 15 year mark of her passing. And this is kind of the first year where I feel a little different. And that has to do with some training that I've been doing called emotional code, Um, emotion code. Uh Holy crap. Yeah. Um, So even thinking or... Um, I work with a practitioner. Okay. Um, it sounds a little woo-woo as I try to explain we this. We love woo-woo. I know. We do. <laughs> so all the emotional baggage that we are born with, that we inherit, and then our generations before us give us. Oh, like ancestral trauma? Ooh, shite. Yes. Wow. There, we call it heart walls. And yeah. I appeared to have thousands of them, yeah. more, more than was expected. And what's been really crazy is this unraveling. So each week I meet with this person through Zoom. Thank, thankfully. Thank you. Yeah, yes. Thank God for Zoom. <laughs> and um, we pick a topic. We pick a person. We pick a topic. We pick an element of my life because I think I have my shit together. Um, because here I am, you know, I'm operating, right. I'm moving, I'm growing, I'm working, you know, I'm working yeah. from home again. I take care of all these other people. I'm back to my fixer, caregiver situation. Um, but I've learned my lines, but I have boundaries now. I have boundaries. We love boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Boundaries are so You're using so all of our words. I know. <laughs> Every word you use, we're like, <laughs> I know. Boundaries are key. Um, so yeah, so I've been developing all these skills. And then at the same time, we pick a topic or a person and we'll, I will go, there's like 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 walls like built up inside of this emotional baggage. And so often it's not mine. Yeah. And you're holding my mom. It's my dad. It's my grandparents. And and that's the craziest part. So when we jumped on here, I, I kind of apologize for my voice. I just got over this 12 week, 12, sorry, 12, 12 days of laryngitis and bronchitis. I've never had either before, ever, ever, ever. My mom used to get them. Wow. Oh my gosh. And so as we're doing this thing, and last week was, um, I finally had my voice back. So our last session last week, she's going through it and going through it. And she could not, it could not, my age did not come up. It just kept going back, 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 back. And finally it was, it's in the womb, like third, it's third trimester, right? And so this was all of my mom. And what's so insane is that Thanksgiving marks the last day that my mom was like an active participant in her life. Uh-huh. And it was the last holiday that she was able to attend. And from yeah. December 2nd, until the 23rd. Um, it's like Groundhog's Day. Her day just, her, her whole life just, it's, it, it, this is the end. Yeah. So every year as we kind of come into Thanksgiving and the holidays, we're like, what are you doing? Where are you? I'm like, nothing. I planned, yeah. you know, my, my best answer is like, I'm on vacation. Oh, um, right. I just don't want to have Thanksgiving and I don't care about the holidays because they are so intertwined with her. Yeah. So here I go. I'm going to be speaking for a new career yeah. element 
Wild. And it's coming up on that Thanksgiving marker and I lose my voice. And it was crazy because it wasn't me. Because even when I was sick, it didn't feel like I was sick. It was the most bizarre. Oh my gosh. Because it was all in my throat, all in my chest. My head was, it was so, so strange. I can't really explain except when she was breaking it all down. It was truly, she just, she, she kept going, you not going to, oh, yeah, no, no. Um, this is all your mom. And, and she's there like, and you know, people are like, well, she knows you've been talking about your mom. Yeah. But when you're in the middle of going like through one of these walls, right. The person, the practitioner is kind of in a zone, like they're in their thing. There's no way she could have like had this specific answer because who the hell knew that my mom had laryngitis and bronchitis for multiple times. Yeah. Like that was her kind of bug that she would get. While you were going through, you know, like taking care of your mother and everything, where did the seed <laughs> of the confidence crown come in at any point then, or was this after and you were able I'm, to develop the idea? I'm going to say that was more resilience then. I learned about grit and resilience. Yep. Um, I also learned about weight problems. When my mom was sick, I gained a lot of weight. Right. Not the first time in my life, but one that was... Uncomfortable. Super uncomfortable. It's because she wasn't eating. So I was eating for her and for me. (laughs) Because, you know, I'd make her food. I'd bring her food. She'd have a couple bites and you can't... I'm Jewish. You don't waste food. So I eat her food too. I'm not Jewish and I don't waste food. (laughs) So it was, um, it was, that was, that was, so there was a physical issue that was happening at the time. Right. And obviously a mental issue. Thankfully, again, therapy, thankfully, Wilbuchen. And, um, um, you know, a couple of good friends who, you know, had known her for so long who were close, you know, but from the most part, people were kind of like checking and checking out because it was rough. Like, right. You, you don't want to, who want, nobody wants to see all of this. Right. Yeah. Um, so the conference, ground, I think there's been this underlying theme again, of resilience of, of overcoming obstacles. And I didn't know it was confidence, but how else do I explain that yeah. at 16 on every man I have ever met in my life, regardless if I was in a relationship with him or not, have, have, have told them I intimidate them. Mm. I am five one on a good day and yes. don't even understand, <laughs> never understood what that meant, except my mom and my grandmother made me fearlessly independent. Nice. Um, they wanted me to be unlike them and right. never, ever, ever have to depend on a man to right. take care of me. No, we could have gone a little too far over the edge there. <laughs> and so you think, like it maybe wasn't necessarily intimidation so much as like, well, maybe that intimidation is the right word, but I feel like the masculine energy, yes, it, they, it wants to be in power and in control, right? right. And if you have, because yeah. I'm the same way, like I have a lot of masculine energy. Yes. And I, all, I too have been told that I'm intense and like all of those yeah, hard eye my eyes. I'm like, um, get but, over it. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a compensation thing, I think. Totally. And then from, from someone who like from a, 
someone who's used to owning that masculine energy, I guess it can be a little bit of a power struggle, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And again, let's go back to the fact that raised by a single parent, um, I've always had expensive tastes. Um, right. because, yeah, same. And same. Mind you, I same same. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Love it. Same time. <laughs> um, so it's like that. I I was born into a very wealthy family. Mm-hmm. Um, I was then. I encountered massive loss at a very young age. Um, and then there was a roller coaster ride of that kind of life m- my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was always real highs and real lows. And there was people who manipulated and were in control of the money. And there were people who had to play games to get access to it. So mm-hmm. that's always been like one game. So for me, at 13, I started working. That was my first retail job. I started working because I wanted my money to buy my things. Yep. And it was, you know, my mom encouraged it. Obviously it was like, I can do this, but if you really want that, you're going to have to figure out a way to come up with the money. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like a, it was never a bad thing. I, I actually am very happy that I was given those skills and that I had a work ethic that was <laughs> unmatched for anybody who's yeah. 13, you know? To- totally. So by the time I was 16 and like really working in retail. Yeah, you were rolling. Everybody wanted you. <laughs> oh, I was rocking it at the coolest store there was. I mean, I was killing it. <laughs> I was. But you guys wouldn't even understand the brand, but it's called Esprit. There's of course, a store I remember. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think All right. So. So young. Yeah. You I, I, hope we look like, do we, I hope we look like Lisa. Do we look like Lisa? We'll be fine. So there was this awesome flagship store in West Hollywood, which used to be the cool disco roller rink that I grew up at that was a bowling alley before. So this is really cool shape building. And I was 16 and um, I was, I had this awesome job in a company that was just like at the pinnacle of its it, I mean, I remember going in there for my interview and they were also taking our pictures because they were going to make us part of the catalog. Like it was just oh my like, God. that like, sounds like a taste of a drug. It was, I mean. it, I, that's, that would have been my first reality show. Um, it was so much fun. And I also got to have these amazing, for the most part, gay male role models who were my mm-hmm. managers and who would take me out in Hollywood at night and we would go dancing and I never got carded. And like, <laughs> I, I had so much fun before I was 21 that by the time I hit 21, I was like, like over it. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I just loved it. I dancing and having a good time. And, um, that's my so LA. boyfriend, my boyfriend was in a band <laughs> and I lived at three different nightclubs at 16. Yeah. yeah. Like oh that God. was my life. And I worked and I went to school and I couldn't wait to get to work because that's where the fun happened. Right. Totally. Yeah. This doesn't make and now you can say like it. the same thing, like your work now is like where yeah. the fun happens for you. Totally. And that's why it's in my house. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of that, like you, okay, you have a podcast, you wrote a book, you're gearing up for a new speaking opportunity, but you also do like, I'm sure like ad hoc public speaking, you do coaching every sales business. So like, how do you juggle all of your work with a personal life and still (laughs) taking care of yourself? Like, what does that look like? (laughs) Funny you should ask. So I do trade off. There's definitely always a struggle with balance. Right. Um, This last year and a half of rebranding, starting the podcast, writing the book, all the stuff that I've been doing this last year and a half has really put me into kind of a bubble where I'm like, 
sorry, guys, I'm not available. That's and it. not for, yeah, not for lack of wanting to spend time with my girlfriends or a boyfriend or anyone at this point. It's that this is a priority. Yeah. I have massive goals and I've always set high standards for myself. And this year in particular, we've raised it to a whole other level. Um, starting getting involved in my first mastermind last, when did I sign up for it? Last March. Um, like that was like, I went into hyper speed. Like it was just mm-hmm. overdrive. And it was just like th- this whole other world opened and I could not, I couldn't look back. Yep. And, I, and this is the craziest part of all. I, don't know if it's, I had a tremendous fear of public speaking. Mm. <laughs> and now I'm asking the biggest names in the business if I can not only work for them but share a stage. And it cracks me up because you could not have predicted this, nor could you have told me five, 10, 20 years ago that this is what I was going to be doing, let alone 30 years ago. That's amazing. Um, Because at the agency, Tony was a client and I thought he was fucking crazy. He was this (laughs) massive, right? Giant happy man. And the agency world is dark and nasty and vicious Mm -hmm. and it's dog eat dog. And there's nobody who can be that fucking happy. I'm never going to take me out of those meetings. I wouldn't take the meetings with him. He scared the shit out of me. Oh my God. I mean, I get it. He's a big... I can't wait to tell him because now I'm like, hey, can you work with me? (laughs) I'm paying you to work for me. Come on, come on. But I feel it speaks volumes too because sometimes when you're just not in that place and you don't understand, you know, like you're saying like it was dark and seedy and like whatever. (sighs) And then he comes in and he's like, always happy and like always in a good mood. You're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And nobody's that happy. Yeah. And you're like, get away from me with this. And now how much you're in a different place. I'm like, this is my drug of choice. I'm like, bring it, (laughs) bring it. I need this. I need this so much. Like I can't be around Dean, um, Graziosi or Brendan Bouchard enough. Like these men like light me up. Like I'm just like more, more. Yeah. Totally. But I also think at 20, 21, 22, 23, when I was at the agency, like I absolutely was not ready to deal with my shit. Yeah. Who was, you know, like at all. Right. Totally. Well, uh, so th- things are different. I mean, yeah, I, things are I, I do things are different now, but I feel like even for me, like I'm 32, but even for me at like 20, 21, I had no fucking clue what I was doing or who I was or what, you know, being mindful is. Yeah, All these kids now, there's a generation. Know it. But a they do. Thing, like, yeah. and I'm like, you're not it's... supposed to know this yet. <laughs> I know <laughs> this. <laughs> I know. Like it took me so long to figure this out. You guys, I looked cause I spent a lot of time, um, as an advisor to the <clears throat> former sorority. Sorry. Go ahead. <clears throat> that I was in when I was in college. Ooh, and um, can you say it? I uh, sure. Alpha yeah. Chi Omega. I went okay. to USC. When? I don't know anything about sororities. <laughs> I don't know either, but I feel like maybe our listeners do and they'd be like, maybe. yes. <laughs> so Alpha Chi. And um, I went to USC. I'm a proud Trojan, although really hard to be proud right now. Things are kind of crazy over there. Like Shannon Bedore. I don't know if you watch. Shannon Bedore is my, oh my God. Shannon Bedore, <laughs> she initiated me. Oh my God. (laughs) She was the house president of my sorority. She initiated me my year. Yep. That is okay. Shannon Bedore is from the OC housewives and she loves USC and she's always going to the games. 
Yes. Yes. And so now, yes. See? I'm telling you, Housewives yeah. brings people together. You it can... really does. <laughs> it really is. the one thing. I, I tell her that I've all learned the time. nothing from this podcast except for <laughs> that everyone is obsessed with Real Housewives <laughs> of some uh, city. Uh, that is so, so cool. <laughs> that is super cool. It's, I don't know if it's cool, but it's, it is the truth. Um, <laughs> and, but what I, what I do get to see, these girls are so, so, so different. Like in many yeah. ways, yes, there's you're that. You're still involved with like, you're still involved with the story? I've, yeah, I had to scale it back a whole bunch this past year, but I was a recruitment advisor for the last wow. four and a half, almost five years. Now I'm advisor at large, but I actually just spoke there recently. And these girls, first of all, they're so fucking smart. I mean, mm-hmm. they have majors I've never heard of. Everyone's over a 4.0, over a 4.0. Like, what is that? I didn't even know you could be over a 4.0. And they all are. And they're also involved in a thousand other extracurriculars. Like, listen, I worked full time when I was in school. Mm-hmm. I had the sorority. Yeah. That was my social life. I worked full time because I had to pay for school. And then I had to go to class. Yeah. And I just was like, I got to get it done in four years. It took me yeah. 10 years to pay off. Yeah. But they are woke. They're, you know, they're into already taking care of themselves. I mean, oh, if you could hear the conversation we've had about, you know, the food that the house has to prepare, you know, the, every mm-hmm. gluten-free dairy-free, all the things that I am now, but these girls know (laughs) this then. And there's a lot of different food issues that have to be addressed. And I'm not making anything up or or bashing anyone, but we, (laughs) we lived on carbs when I went to college. Bagels and cereal was it. Yeah. 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 And beer. Bagels, cereals, and beer. beer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, speaking of food, I mean, you're You've been very open on your podcast about your sort of struggles with fitness and body image and all of the things. Um, So how do you think that that aspect shaped like how you speak and what you do and how you interact with your clients or people that you're speaking to now? Um, I have tremendous empathy. Mm -hmm. I always have, but since I've been there, I had adult cystic acne. Mm-hmm. Then I had this thing called melasma and I've struggled with my weight. Okay. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks. And I struggle with my weight. So when I see people or, you know, I'm working with people who are in one of those similar positions, I have massive empathy because mm-hmm. I know it fucks with your head. And you so many like levels. You can pinpoint something on someone. Like if you see it in them, you can be like, this is what I did. Totally. Or, and I will. Okay. And I'll be, that's why I'm open and honest about my own struggles. Um, I'm not perfect, but there is no perfect. I think that's the part that people really need to understand that part of like, I'm smart enough to know that. And yet I still damaged myself. Um, is my early thirties? No, sorry. Late thirties, early forties with Tracy Anderson. I, I talked very, very... There's such a good podcast episode on that that we'll link in the show notes because I feel like everyone should listen to it. So that, and that's really what spurred on my interest for podcasts because I was interviewed about that on another one. And um, I've got so many calls and emails and messages from young girls. Um, I didn't realize what an impact I was going to have with that story. I was just telling what stupidity I did to myself. But what was interesting at the time is the host was in her 20s and I'm in my 40s and we're doing this interview. And 
and we're having the same hormonal issues. We're having the same like questions about food. And I, I might have overeaten. I never had a food issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have an eating disorder. So that mm-hmm. where Tracy had an eating disorder, she talks about that a lot in her press. And one of the reasons why she started the whole Tracy Anderson method, because she struggled with weight gain in college and had to figure out how to get rid of it and kind of yo-yo dieted. And I think she is bulimic. Yes, bulimic. So, um, so for me, as I'm struggling, because when I'm working out with her, I'm gaining weight and she's trying to push me into, well, you must be closet, di- closet eating or eating late at night. I'm like, girl, that's not my thing. And I, or are you projecting like, on I'm me right now? Ba- yeah. Totally. I'm like, I'm like, I'm eating baby food with you. Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. oh, pureed everything because, you know, don't, yeah, I don't have to cut. <laughs> shit has to be liquid. No Basically. solid food allowed. Oh my no God. solid food. Um, <laughs> God, it's so crazy. But so here's, here's what went from like good to crazy. So I gained all that weight when my mom was sick. Mm -hmm. It took me a while to get over that and to lose the weight. And I still think I was kind of struggling with some of that, um, excess weight. Um, again, for my height, um, five pounds is excess because there's nowhere for it to hide. Mm -hmm. So When I became a caregiver for the second time with my mm-hmm. grandmother, um, that was at, this was all around the time I was starting Tracy. So I'm about 42. And so at 41, I see that my grandmother is going to be sick. I'm going to be a caregiver again. And I started to go into the other side of it, which was, I can't, I can't gain the weight again. I can't right. go back there. So I'm going to have to figure out a plan. Um, and for that, I was, a, I was actually in school at the time. And so I was switching careers and I would get up at five 30 in the morning and I would do the biggest loser on an Xbox that I had. It was a 40 wow. minute workout. Cause that's all I had time for. It had hand weights and it was like body resistance work. And I started to actually lose weight. And I was like, okay, yeah. this is good. Like I'm in control. I'm, I'm eating what it's so funny. What I thought was good food for me. I was eating properly three proper meals and I was working out, but I was like making sure that it was part of my daily activity, mm-hmm. um, where it had, it had been sporadic in my thirties. Yeah. Um, I'd always been athletic growing up. That was part of the thing why the weight gain um, as a young kid, because I was heavily into sports. So on season, I was trim and fit and off season, like the weight would just come on so fast because I wasn't, you know, obviously exerting the same yeah. amount of calories I needed Real to do I was quick, eating. What sports did you play? Um, all right. First, dancer and gymnast. Nice. Yep. Then uh, swim team. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> that was, I think, the best body ever. My arms were cut. I was going to say, that's amazing. My yeah. arms were cut. Um, and then soccer and, yes. of course, tennis. And so then equestrian cardio, constantly running, jumping, flipping around, doing all that, of course. And you're in season, right and tight. And oh, naturally, yeah. if you're not practicing year-round, then all of a sudden it's like, whoop, you know, you fluff up a little bit. I've been this <laughs> Fluff up, I love that. <laughs> I have been the same height 
not quite the same way, but I've been saying hi since sixth grade. So were you tall at one point? Yes, I was you tall in sixth grade. Too, I was tall yeah. too. Now yes. I'm five foot on a good day. Yeah. <laughs> and I had boobs and I had hips. And I, it's, at, in sixth grade, I was a woman. Yeah. And that was also kind of disarming because nobody else was. Right. And then um, I remember a moment going into seventh grade. It was like the summer before. And I think that was like that perfect moment where my body and weight were probably the ideal. And I don't mean this in a try to achieve something that's not healthy, but in the sense that everything was in proportion and I felt good. I was strong. And I, looked at, cause I remember my grandmother who never divvied out compliments mm-hmm. <laughs> easily was like, we were at the beach. She's like, you look great. Like, if you could just like stay right there. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> you look great, oh. period, would have been nice. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And again, she didn't mean anything by it. She was she was Miss the Queen of Consuming. She was super fit and beautiful figure. Um, five days a week, she ate her little Weight Watchers crazy meals and like <laughs> plastic food. And then on the weekend, she would consume more than any football player had ever seen. Like, Oh my gosh. So... She, yeah. 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 So some yeah. of these like eating things and obviously every entertainment, every, everything was always revolving around food in my family. So there was always this crazy battle again with on season being fit off season, the weight was coming on. I was like, Jesus, like, mm. what do I do? And mm. I remember, I think one of my first diet in high school. Um, and I remember my boyfriend being like, why are you on a diet? You don't need to be on a diet. I was like, no, I have 10 pounds. I should lose 10 pounds. So it wasn't that we're talking about 30, 40 pounds, which is what I had to deal with when my mom was sick. It was, it was always at five and 10 pounds. Again, on my height, it was that marker for being, Ooh, in seventh grade, you looked perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To oh, the boobs and the hips kept growing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, you know, things were never in proportion again. Um, and there was this unattainable achievement, but then with Tracy, my mornings of <laughs> The Biggest Loser turned into DVDs that I saw on some infomercial of Tracy selling her wares and how I could do a workout at home. And I was kind of ready to switch up my workout. Right. So start these DVDs and I love it. I love it. It's, I do an hour total, like 30 minutes of cardio and 30 minutes of what she called muscular structure. And I was seeing these incredible results. Like my body was getting toner. Like I was seeing muscles where I hadn't in a while. There was definition, my abs. I didn't see like, I was like, Oh, this is so cool. And it's, I think I was doing it three or four times a week. Like it was realistic in the world of working and, and, and working out, carrying both of those worlds. And but there was that weird thing about the food starting because with those DVDs came a diet plan and I thought mm-hmm. I would try it. Um, and it had to do with a lot of purees and strange food combinations. Um, they were actually delicious. They were like a lot of soups and stuff. And I, they're very, very tasty, but really weird. But a and, soup um, is also like, I don't know. I don't think a soup is a meal. I love a soup. I love a soup and it depends. Obviously, if, I, if I'm gravitating towards soup, I'm sick. So that's a big like uh, red flag. Right. Um, it like goes hand in hand. Yeah. But others, I'm like, I don't want soup. Sorry. Long story Good short, point. here we are. Um, Tracy sends an email. I'm opening a studio in my neighborhood. And I was like, what? 
with a mile away, I can mm-hmm. work out with her. Like I'm going to be able to take this to the Gwyneth Paltrow level. Hell yeah. Like sign me up. I think I was probably one of the very first adapters to the, cause she had a studio in the, in the Valley, which doesn't make sense to you guys. She had a studio on the other side of town, which I would never go to, mm-hmm. but this one was yeah, opening. Calling the Valley, the other side of town is generous. It's generous. <laughs> I try to help the people to understand. There's a giant hill. It's like literally, it's like an hour away. It's not like oh. the other side of town to us is like five minutes. Yeah. So it's like literally an hour. Our town's no, one square mile. So it's like very easy to boop. One, one yes. Side. So I kind of live in a one square mile. I, I'm, I'm in a very tiny community on the West side of Los Angeles. We're very, I, if I'm not near the beach, I don't, it doesn't count. So, um, not in Brentwood, are you? I live in Brentwood. Oh my God. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can do everything here. You don't need to yeah. leave. It's kind yeah, of fantastic. That's because everybody that lives in Brentwood doesn't leave Brentwood. Like, correct. Right. It, it was but I also feeling things of, like it's an LA thing. Like if there's so much traffic, it's like you kind of stay in your little Exactly. Your little bubbles. No, no, you're right. But I would, no one would know that outside of LA. So yes, I live in Brentwood. So going to the Valley was a a no, Um, but Tracy opened up the studio, uh, literally two blocks from me. And I, again, early adapter, couldn't wait. I was in and we go there for the first, I think first you do an assessment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so I go into a room with Tracy and two of her assistants and they've got, they're on a MacBook air and they're, they're filling in the numbers as Tracy's reciting. Cause Tracy is measuring me with a tape measure. Wild. Okay. Okay. And then I, and we stand next to each other. We're basically the same height. Yeah. But she's like a toothpick. Thank you. So I was saying that and she's like, no. And she's like with a tape measure put across my, from hip to hip or the bone structure. She's like, no, see, we have, we're, we're basically, we're the same bone structure. I just have to teach you how to use your accessory muscles so you can shed that outside layer, basically like shed the skin and just like everything was going to supposedly shrink. Now, again, doing it at home, I was having awesome results and I was kind of proud of where my body was when yeah. I walked in there. And, and, like, and, and I was like, right out. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then it's the drop your trow part of the assessment. And I was like, what? She's like, I'm sorry. Pants down. I need to see from behind. And I was like, uh, okay. And then she made a joke about Gwyneth. And don't worry, Gwyneth had so much cellulite when I met her. It doesn't even matter. And I was like, Fine. all right. Mind you, there's two assistants in the room. They're women. They're not saying a word. They're just taking down all the notes. And I'm like, oh, this is so bizarre. And, and I've always had dimples on my ass. I've had them my whole life. I, there are baby pictures of me by a pool and there's this thumbprint on my ass that is still there today. Like I was born with it. Like it's (laughs) been there. Like uh, there's never been a moment where that wasn't a struggle because I inherited that lumpy butt. So I've always worked at trying to achieve some kind of smoothness there. Right, that has right. definitely been an obsession. But you're born with it. You're born with it, man. It is really, really hard to counteract that. Yeah. But she said she could fix me. Yeah. I was in. I was like, okay, you can fix. Oh my God. Gwyneth doesn't have bumps anymore. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so we, we dive into this craziness. It is not the hour three or four times a week that I was doing. It's the method is two hours a day, six days yeah, a week in a heated room. 
Yeah. No. Look at your face. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm back to training like an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. But as a nutritionist told me years later, you were starving yourself. Yeah. So two hours a day, six days a week, bedding in a heated room <laughs> on 1200 calories. No. Mm-hmm. Oh my no. God. Because Tracy kept saying, you must be eating too much. You got to cut back, cut back, cut back, cut back, cut back. Stop, 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 stop eating this, stop eating that. Yeah, your body was like survival mode. Yeah. (gasps) Ding dong, I went into hibernation. My body shut down. My adrenals shut down. My cortisol went skyrocketing. I all of a sudden had hypothyroidism. I went into perimenopause. Thank you, Tracy. And I'm asking her, remember, I did this for two and a half years with her. Mm-hmm. And I kept asking, I'm reading about stuff called cortisol. What do you think? If that was real, I would have it. I work out more than you do. No, That's we have so unfortunate. body types. Like yeah. it, I, she, I think she's learned her lesson in that sense. This was a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but man, oh man, I was like the poster child for cortisol and I was just freaking out. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I was yeah. waiting to see where this was going. So yeah, lo- like, no, no, no. Because I was, I wanted to say like, so we don't fuck with Tracy anymore. Right. <laughs> oh, I still talk about this, stuff, but I don't train with her. No. Yeah. No, it, oh my gosh. But it took a physical therapist that I was seeing three times a week mm-hmm. to fix my brokenness because the more inflammation your body creates, the more injuries you have. And, um, I was gaining weight, which nobody could explain to me. I looked like I had a down blanket on my body. No one could explain like these crazy, like ripples. I mean, the the inflammation was insane at this point. And, um, rock tape was making its way into the world. And so I was going in and I was getting all these adjustments and I was my ankles and calves were wrapped in rock tape. And I was like, you know, yeah. Cause the, the trainers had rock tape and injuries. And I remember there was one girl who had to leave and she was not even 30 and she had to have a hip surgery and it still didn't go on. This was, yeah, this was craziness. But you're in it and you're there and you're working out every morning with Gwyneth and her friends. And you're like, if she can do it, I can do it. Right. I'm sitting here sweating with her. I'm like, of course I can do this. It becomes this like challenge and competition. And it's also, it was great community. I was there every single morning from eight to 10 AM with the same crew. Yeah. It was me, Gwyneth and her mommy friends. Like I was like, this is fucking awesome. I'm like, (laughs) this is great. I don't know what the hell they're talking about, but I love it. And um, even her now husband was part of our crew and we were having a great time, but it was killing me. And it was that therapist said, look, I love you. And you are obviously paying a lot of bills for me. She's like, but this is never going to heal if you don't stop what you're doing. Right. And I was like, stop. Like, what? Like yeah. a suffered wife. What? She's like, you have to stop these workouts. You can't dance. You can't do this anymore. I was like, uh, well, what am I going to do? She's yeah. like, anything else. Go find something else. And I was like, oh. So I went to Gunnar Peterson. Mm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And I got a nutritionist and 
Um, I rehabbed though for six months at Orange Theory. Shout out to Orange Theory. Anyone yeah, who does we that? love Orange, Orange Theory. Theory. <laughs> but let me just say that again. I rehabbed yeah, at wild. Orange Theory easy. for six months. Yeah, that was easy compared to what the hell yeah. I've gone through. Um, and then I jump into my Gunnar Peterson world of um, me and Chloe every morning. I was going to say, do you see Chloe? Oh my me, God. Me and, this was a long time ago, but it was me and Chloe every morning. We had the same time slot. Um, if she wasn't there, then it would be Melanie Griffith or Sly Stallone or Fun. Jerry Bruckheimer. Are or they somebody, nice? oh, some were, some weren't. Okay. Um, some were crazy, some aren't. Again, growing up in it, if you remember, like I knew a right, lot of these like people. around these people a lot. So you're like, okay, this is fun and all, but. Like back in the day when my dad and when my parents split up, um, my dad shared an apartment with his then client, Don Johnson and <laughs> Melanie, they were dating already. So I made, I made mention of this to her one day cause we were chatting mm-hmm. and, and she kind of looked at me a little crazy. She's like, Oh my God, I haven't heard that name in a long time. And I'm like, yeah, hi. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, I'm like six degrees of separation. I'm kind of like Kevin yeah. Bacon of that world. But, um, yeah. So I learned how to start lifting weights again. Mm-hmm. Um, cut back the cardio to just basically walking um, and just like some little bits of getting the intensity up. Anything considered hip draining. And if you have cortisol issues, you are never going to overcome them. So I had to learn how to dial it back. And then it was the nutritionist who was like, hey, you know, you've been starving yourself. I'm like, what? And he tried to feed me like a weightlifter and really like try to get my weight back on, um, my metabolism kicking back in. But I, li- I couldn't, I couldn't actually eat the quantity of food that he was. Right. It becomes hard sometimes when they're like X amount of carbs and you're like, right. Geez. And again, that, this, at that's, some point would have been like my most favorite, like sexy fantasy. Yeah, I know. All these carbs. And you're like, it wasn't oh. carbs. This is Dr. Golia, who's also Dr. G, part of that whole gang who mm-hmm. helped Chloe and a few other thousand people. But what he was great is taking Chris Pratt, helping him lose weight and become a superhero. Right. But it doesn't work for a woman the same way. Right. And that's what we were starting to see. It was like, I can't eat that quantity of food and have the same results that the guys do. It's just our yeah. bodies work differently. And that was a thing about metabolism and understanding that women and the way that we train and we eat, it is different than the way men do. And the men can drop weight. If they can stop drinking, they're going to drop weight. Yeah. I mean, it's no, like, tell me about it. My husband is like, I'm going to not have iced tea for one day. And he's like 15 pounds down. And you're like, what? That's so unfair. Like I haven't had alcohol in years. What are you talking about? I mean, it was actually, um, <laughs> trainer who was like, you need to have, you need to start drinking maybe a little vodka or a little tequila. As long as it's clear, it's good. Yeah. Like, wait, it's a great fat burner. I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, we're getting so, lit. So yeah, so <laughs> I said, you know, we'll have some tequila tonight. Yeah, keep it clear. No, it can't have any, no fruit juice, nothing sweet. We're talking like Elagabe. soda and uh, some something citrus, but no, no fruit juices, no mixers, nothing with sugar. So the women that like come to you, do they come to you for like mix of like food and business or how do they approach you for the confidence round? So it's funny, the food, I'll say the foodie ones really, the, probably because it's manifested itself in some skin issues. And so they come to me because um. of acne or um, some other skin ailment, which we can, a lot of it pinpoint to a bad diet. 
Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I am not a nutritionist, nor do I ever claim to be. All I can do is share the stuff that I've gone through, make recommendations. And I'm constantly tweaking it because as you get older, um, it gets harder and harder. And um, it appears less and less foods are tolerable. And that was part of what was happening with Tracy as we were doing these food allergy tests and they were taking more and more foods away. And it's interesting and both a little scary. I still have a lot of the same food allergies um, today and it doesn't make any sense. Like I, I had to force myself to start eating animal protein because I wasn't getting enough protein back then. And it's, and now I don't want to eat animal protein, but I cannot, I cannot be a vegan anymore. Legumes and um, grains make me blow up. The inflammation Mm. factor for me is skyrocketing. Have you read The Plant Paradox? Um, Yes. And a thousand other books. I forget his name, Gunthree or something like that. Yeah. Um, Gunthree? He's out of his damn mind, but he does have a lot of interesting points about the way that- Gunthree. Yeah. Gunthree. Yes. And I actually did it for- about six months last year. Um, I don't, it's actually, I don't have a leaky gut. Um, (laughs) I found out the hard way. Um, and I do still kind of believe that lycopene, like the tomato thing, it totally Mm -hmm. makes sense to me. And so I'm I'm like terrified of tomatoes unless they're seedless and skinless (laughs) because of it. But, um, but no, I've realized his stuff makes a ton of sense. It does. Um, and I thought that maybe that would be like the answer to some things, but mm-hmm. it, that wasn't me. Right. That wasn't me. No, I, I actually, the products, they worked for a friend of mine, a girlfriend of mine who like whoosh, all that inflammation like disappeared wow. off of her and her, she was like banging body again. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to send you all those supplements because it didn't work for me at all. Yeah. You're like, here, yeah. continue. Yeah. So I like to think of myself as a wealth of information that I can share and sit, make suggestions, but I will never, ever say I have the answers. Yeah. We're all so you, stinking different. Sorry to like pivot off. How no, did you come up with like the name, like the confidence crown? Yeah. Like, Talk to us about that as a concept. Sure. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, Lisa? We don't care about your diet. Um, no, we do. We, do. <laughs> we really do. We could just sit here and talk for three hours about your diet. <laughs> no, I'm laughing because it is it's like, why? What do you want? But it is all elements of confidence, right? So yeah. the confidence crown came out of we had um, like a little think tank session. I had um, an assistant and someone who was helping me. Um, with my website, we're putting together, we were in the rebranding phase yeah. of, um, I was more heavily focused on skincare, obviously, because that was it's what I do. Right. Um, and I wanted to figure out how to be um, more well-rounded. So we took that skincare element and then we were taking it to this next level. And so we were in this rebranding mode and that was um, a little less than two years ago. And that's when we started just throwing out names and we knew that confidence was going to be part of the title because that was the common denominator with my clients, my team members. This was the issue that we were going to have to resolve, but it was different for everyone. So confidence was in there. And then we literally just like, I mean, the (laughs) source. 
just like through the three of us, we're just like throwing out names, throwing out names, throwing out names <laughs> until we like the sound of things. And we That's kind of like how we came ones. up with one. That's of exactly because I was I don't even know how it started. It was just like you wanted vibe vibration. We wanted something vibe, something vibe. And then I'm like, but then we wanted. I got like frustrated. A- so I'm like <laughs> fucking vibe. Like I just was like cursing at her. We, we also we were like, let's how do we do a play on words? And so one of vibe came from like one of fuck. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Oh my God. And that's what's happening. Yeah. We were I playing. also love that it follows up with make it rain, R E I G N. I am I am the pun master here because I yes. love all this stuff. So make it rain, earn your crown, like all these little catchphrases became this element of who she was. Yeah, like um, strength and power and like yes. harnessing that. And, and I can't that's what I got. Yes, Queen. I can't say it right. I know I'm a white girl. I should never say it. But it was that empowering side of it. It was yeah. that woman who, you know, she's just going after it. She's just yeah. going to run for it. And yeah, it was so all those names were being thrown out. And we came up again, some of those characters came out of that session because mm-hmm. we wanted to figure out how to use those words. And, you know, once we solidified crown, then it was like, okay, everything that has to do with the crown, what do we do? Royalty. And then that's where a lot of those other names came from. For me, even just like listening to this part of your story is like how you grew up and you worked at Esprit. Is that how we say it? Yeah. And yeah. Just saying how you're like, and these fabulous gay men were, Mm -hmm. you know, like my mentors and, you know, you like tapped into like having a connection with them. And in my experience, gay culture, everyone's saying yes, queen. And that's like where it started and like, you know, and drag queens and all that and how it like kind of came full circle for you now yeah. in your business where you were inspired by them. And I, I love that. Yeah. And I always feel like, I'm like, I'm not trying to take it from them because right, it's, right. It, and I can't say it like they do because they still own it and rock it. Um, yeah. And I, I kind of laugh when I say that. It's definitely much easier for me to write. And I, I know what right. I'm saying, but I was saying, I'm like, I know that's it, but it, it was, it was the feeling, right? It's that it's as empowering, like, yeah. oh, I get you. Like, yeah, like, I yeah. really understand you and I'm here for you and I love you. And yeah, that's where, that's where all of those little elements came from. And yeah, that's how people want to feel fun. when they come to you, you know, like totally. they want to come to you and feel that they can be empowered and move forward and yeah. that they have a support system. Cause a lot of people, I think just don't tap into their resources of support and they don't want to do it with a friend because it's intimidating to open up to somebody that you know that can judge you you know so it's both it's this funny thing right um I wrote that book yes a lot of the elements were based on episodes that I had um, been recording for the podcast because it was my stories in there but but there were definitely two friends that I was writing that book for wow Mm. interesting and it was because of all of our conversations and their blocks and where they were stumbling and where they weren't seeing the powerful female human that was standing in front of me that I saw. Yeah. And I was like, come on, like, like you're awesome. Why are you not believing that you're awesome? What the fuck happened to you as a kid that you don't see how awesome you are. And that's, that's what drives me every day. 
Right. Because yeah. how the fuck did I get out of what I was in without a drug habit, without a drinking problem? And for me to continually be optimistic, I still believe in the fairy tale of falling in love. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's insane. Like, I, maybe I am just totally crazy, but, no. <laughs> but that's, that I can't, I would not be able to keep going if I didn't have those beliefs. I in still our- believe people are innately good. I still believe that you can be happy. And I still believe that you can create and cultivate joy in your life every day, but it takes some fucking effort. Yeah. You got to put yeah. the work in. We always say too, we're like, uh, we have said this in a past episode. It was believe in love and believe in therapy. Right. Like- yeah. <laughs> well, and so for those who are listening, who haven't picked up your book yet, it's like part book that you like read with like stories and anecdotes and examples, but also part workbook with like right. journal prompts and stuff, which I love. Oh, I received you. my copy right before I happened to leave for a retreat for Costa Rica. So it traveled to Costa Rica with me ah! with all of the journal prompts. And I'm like, I, it was like such divine timing when I received oh. it because the retreat that I went on was all about like kind of breaking down those barriers that you've really built for yourself for the most part and like your beliefs and restructuring them and all of that stuff. So it was just such divine timing. I loved it so much and I would highly recommend it because I feel like it's so perfect for that person who like does want more for themselves, but maybe needs help gaining that perspective or getting a little bit of clarity or just like pinpointing what their focus should be. Yep. A lot of good, good stuff in there. So, I mean, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I want to unstuck you. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, building confidence from the inside out is what my motto and my mission is. Um, but I can't just fix your face and, and that you're going to be okay. Like (laughs) that's my easy solve, right? I can put a bandaid on it, but I want to dig in and I want to figure out why you're having those issues, why you don't believe you can succeed, why you can have a powerful, powerful career in the daytime, but your side gig is freezing you. Like you're, you're like a deer in a headlight and you're not flourishing like you, like you can. And it was this like, why is it okay? Why am I okay with all the no's? Well, I was in a career for 12 years where you hear no every single day. I mean, that you don't get through a conversation without being told no. So I I think I just innately know, like, I'm going to be told no. (laughs) That's just part of life. You just don't let it personally affect you. But man, oh man, if you have these wounds, if you've got these blocks, those no's are like daggers. And man, I don't want anyone to suffer. That, That makes me crazy. How do you um, try to like ease people into like a self-care place? You know what I mean? Because it's not like one of those things where you're like, okay, go journal, figure out all what your childhood traumas are. Let's sort them out right now. You know what I mean? Like you have to kind of like get in there. So do you, do you usually say like, go get a massage? Like let's start there or like, you know, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I make reference to it in the book. I try to give like a, like an outline of what could be helpful things to try if you're not already doing these things. Um, you know, having a morning routine and setting yourself up for success is truly the answer to a lot of this. Um, What's your morning routine? Quick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not looking at that phone for the first hour. Wow. That phone, yeah. that phone that's, is... And it's so hard. It's too. so hard. It's, it is the most difficult 
thing. But if you have a plan, if you didn't jot down the night before the three things that you want to tackle the next day, right? the first thing in the morning is you got to put that down in writing. What are those three things? Fail to plan, plan to fail. Yep. Thank you. Um, set some intentions, maybe do a little meditation, move your body. If you like yoga, if you like um, a physical, you know, go work out. I mean, I like, I'm a morning workout person. So for me, I need to get Us it done too. in the morning. Get it done, knock yeah. it out. Get it done, knock it out. And then have a healthy breakfast. And mm-hmm. But if you open that phone before you've given yourself that first hour to set yourself up for success, you are going to spend the whole day trying to catch up because every email, every text, every notification on social media is going to take you off of your path and you're going to be influenced by outside sources and you will have fucked yourself for the, right. And those three things that you wanted to accomplish, they're not going to get done. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really powerful. But it's, it is probably one of the hardest practices to cultivate and everyone's is going to be a little bit different, but it is, it is again, addressing your goals, taking some quiet time to mentally picture you succeeding at those three Mm -hmm. goals, setting those intentions. Um, You can do meditation if you like. Um, journal, like whatever is your thing. Um, but again, physically moving the body and having a healthy breakfast, like give yourself a chance to conquer the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they go hand in hand too. We say that all the time because, you know, you work out and then you're intentionally going there, participating yeah. and you come home and you're like, what am I going to ruin that for? What am I going to ruin what I just did? Let me just continue. Mm-hmm. I feel good now. Yeah. Have a smoothie or do whatever. Yeah. You know, it's not like restricting yourself, but it's also just like being mindful of what's going into your body. Absolutely. So it's super important and it just like continues your day. And what I love is always like you said before about saying no to things because of your priorities. Mm-hmm. Girl, help me. Okay. So boundaries and saying no is probably one of the most powerful things you can learn and it will empower you. Um, the minute you start saying no, you're actually taking care of yourself. It's a huge self-care, um, element and it will also prove your worth. Yeah. Um, because the crazy thing is most of us are people pleasers and we want to say yes to everyone. We don't want to disappoint anyone. Um, but I've had to get to the point with you know, close friends. I'm like, look, you know, I love you. Right. You know that I want to spend time with you, but I can't right now. And you can't take it personally. I have to get this done. Yeah. And when I am able to come up for air, we're going to hang out. Yeah. You're the first person in contact. Totally. So it's, it's just, it is, and it's creating kind of a, a 12 foot bubble around you because on the empathy side of life and the intuitive side that I have, I can take on other people's pain really easily. Um, And again, and I want to go there. I want to help you. And I have to figure out how to have some distance to it. So there's times in my life and definitely the last two years where I've had to put that arm's length space between me and those people who bring me down. Yes. Um, because, hey, we've been at this a long time. And if you're, if I, if you're not doing the steps that I've been teaching, if you're not implementing this stuff yourself, 
you need a therapist because yeah, not me. Because, because I can't do anymore. Unless you're going to do the hard work yourself, nothing's going to change. Right. And I don't think people like to hear that. Um, but I think I told you that you what kind of wrote the book about or for um, are people that I can also be very blunt and honest with. Yeah. And I can say, girl, I love you, but you got to fucking get over this. Yeah. Like, you got to drop this at the door and just stop. And one was going through a horrible divorce and one just completely like lost herself and her sense of who she was. And it, it, they are the closest, most important people to me and they are hurting the most. And it was, it was super hard to figure out how to help them, but help myself. Right. And sometimes helping them means we were just talking about this Mm -hmm. before we started recording. And sometimes helping them means letting, letting them go, letting them fuck up, letting them hurt because a lot of times the only way for you to learn, like I can't control your like personal growth. You know what I yep, mean? Right. Only you can control that. And I'm over here making myself fucking insane, yeah. driving myself to therapy because I, I care so much about you, yep. but I want to help you. So um, it's interesting because I'm, I'm literally dealing with this exact situation. Like as we speak and I just, I just said to Issa, I'm like, I just got to like, let it go. Like yeah. I, just, I have to let go. I just read that like, said, like, if you're helping somebody more than they're helping themselves, you're yeah, not helping. You're enabling them. You exactly. Know? And that's that codependent world. Again, coming from a addict family, like all that stuff. I see it. I know this now, you know, I, I know. So I also know that I have to keep that bubble up and kind of a, right. I, there's an invisible in shield. Room, not realizing the paraphernalia anymore, you know? No, no. And what's so funny is part of that, um, morning routine is I put up my invisible shield and at night I take it down Yeah, because I have to protect myself from that because right now I have to be at a high performance level every single day. And if I'm sucked into that, I'm only hurting myself. But what I love too is that you're like, uh, you're informing your friends, your family, like you're saying like, just listen, I'm going to be this way. Yeah. And it, it gives you permission mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to proceed, you know, you're yeah. like, well, listen, I told you I wasn't right. going to be able to do it. So there's right. no secrets, no hiding it. And it's great. Yeah. Then it allows you to be like, all right, told everybody. Mm-hmm. Now I got to put it into motion. Here mm-hmm. we go. Right. And it was tough. Those are probably some of the toughest conversations because I don't like saying no to people, particularly you know, close friends. It's great to say no to someone you don't care about, but it's really hard to say to someone who you love. And you're just like, I really can't do this. I'm sorry. And for them not to take it personally, because I know what the receiving end of that feels like too. Like I, you know, I have a couple of friends, man, we have not been able to get together for six, eight months. It's insane. Our schedules just don't allow it. And so when you have a day off, you don't want to, not, not that I don't love you. I don't want to fucking see you though. (sighs) You know, I need to decompress. Yeah, yeah. I just need a day. <laughs> yes. So yeah, it, it's a, again balance, mm-hmm. um, which is actually kind of a joke because there is no balance. But it, it is finding your balance. It's finding where you can feel like you have given yourself some recovery time, mm-hmm. but you're still moving forward, right? Because you can't recover and stand still, right? Right. It's it's just you're just slowing down taking a breather, but you need to keep moving forward. You keep right. have to keep taking those steps. And I think it's easy for some people to just have the on and off switch. You got to figure out that kind of middle ground. Yeah. 
Totally. Absolutely. But I love that my book went to Costa Rica. I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> that was like the nicest thing. Rica was passed around a table of 20. <clears throat> oh my God. So yeah. So, thank you. Of course. Of course. I was very excited to share it. Um, I appreciate that. I really, really quickly want to talk about your podcast yeah. um, and yeah. just sort of like what you hope to obviously confidence, but like what you hope to share with your listeners? So the first season was definitely my story. I didn't, I wasn't a blogger before. Nobody knew who I was Mm -hmm. in that world prior. So I felt like I had to open up and just share who I was. So that's the first season. Season two, I started doing interviews, which I started to like. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I'm always like highlighting other female business owners and, you know, how did you do it? How did you make the transition from corporate life to entrepreneurship? And, you know, how did you find the confidence to take the leap? And season three is a lot of that as well. Now there's a few men that have been scattered throughout um, who also I think add a lot of great content and flavor and also are 100% uh, you know, behind supporting women owned businesses. Yeah. And so I never, I'm not trying to be inclusive or exclusive in any way. I just know that the people closest to me that are hurting happen to be women. Right. 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 Um, so too, I feel, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but th- I understand I have lots of male listeners and I actually hear from a lot of young, like teenage boys. Wow. So, um, that are getting bullied. Yeah. Um, they have skin issues. So their mm-hmm. confidence level is so it, you don't it, normally hear that from boys at all. Ooh. I think it's actually pretty amazing that the boys that do reach out to you are, well, one have, have had the chance to have exposure to you and your story, but also have, I mean, I think it, I think it takes a lot of courage to reach totally. out to a stranger yeah. and share your struggles. Right. So that's, I mean, like shout out to those guys. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's what I say. I never want to like tell them, you know, this is only for women, but <laughs> I, I'm not, I was never expecting Right. a teenage boy to reach out to. And there's been many and actually they still do. And I'm like, I, part of it's they don't realize how old I am. I know that. Um, and I have to very, you know, clearly correct them, but also <laughs> I'm, I'm um, your mom. Yeah. And I'm actually, I'm older than your mom, it, but <laughs> I'm, I'm older than your mom. So let's, 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 let's not go there. But if I can help them give them some tools, even if it's like, I, there was one young boy, he was 14, he was just having a rough time. And I think I was on a, I was on an Instagram live. Yeah. And there was a young girl around his age in a different state and she was going through similar issues. And she basically put her hand up in that conversation and said, I'll be your friend. Mm, And he was like, Oh no, she's lying. Like he didn't, he didn't believe it. And, and she wants to see a picture of me. I'm like, it's not that she wants to see a picture of you. We need to connect with people. And it, she, she understands she, and you know, I'm like trying to talk for them and it was really interesting. Um, but he came back many times asking, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? And I was, I go, is there not an adult around you that you can ask again, is there someone at school? Is there a parent, an auntie, like cousin, like, is there any adult in your life that you can get help from? Because I, I am so sorry that you're hurting this much. I don't want to hear about kids being bullied. Like that is horrifying to me. Um, 
And, but I did teach them a little trick. And I will say a couple of them told me it worked. I explained to them that the bully is actually hurting much more than them. That these are the wounded kids. These kids are the ones that are coming from abusive families. And they are literally just throwing their, basically vomiting their shit on you. So if you can take a moment and look that person in the eye and say, I'm here for you. And I'm sorry that you're hurting. You will absolutely positively destroy them. Yeah. Yeah, You disarm them immediately. Now, now it's obviously hard for a teenager. Customer service. Like, you know, when like somebody comes in and they're like so nasty and then you're like, are you okay? And then they, all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, like I'm like treating you poorly. Or you compliment, oh, you've got the most beautiful eyes. Has anyone ever told you that? And they're like, oh, yeah. So it's hard because our first reaction is always to like, you know, shoot back and, yeah. and you know, it's the guttural, I'm going to get back. But then if you stay, take that moment, I told him, I go, hang on, try not to say anything. Think for a moment. Is that how you feel when he says something and then say, realize that's what he's getting at home mm-hmm. and it's probably even worse and it's possible that he's being physically abused. So turn around and say to him, Hey, I'm sorry that you're hurting. I would like to be your friend if you want to hang out sometime. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was crazy because one of them told me that they, they tried that and it totally was that bully never bullied them again because you didn't want to have the conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <totally>. <laughs> you were asking about the podcast. I don't know where I went. So the podcast, um, you know, it is going to keep evolving like I'm evolving. Yeah. Um, we're going to keep going back between solo episodes and interviews. Um, but I will say, and I, sh- I don't know if I can, sh- be putting it out in the universe, if it's good or bad. Yeah, manifest that shit. Manifest it. I just don't steal my idea. No. Um, I 100% am like obsessed with Reese Witherspoon Shine On on Netflix. If you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend it. Okay. Okay. We're on it. Holy guacamole. (sighs) She takes the interviews of the women that I want to be interviewing and shows them in real life. And it's so (laughs) uninterviewed. It's beautiful. And it's called Shine On. I think there's eight episodes. I binged it while I was sick and it was the best thing ever. Um, I would like to somehow take that, take the podcast to that level. Like I, I want those kind of conversations and I want to share them. And now that I'm over my big fears of cameras and doing all this stuff, um, let's document it. So let's, let's get, You'll get there. Camera. Yeah. Awesome. We'll get there. Well, <laughs> we like to wrap every episode with our version of Vogue 73 questions. Ah, oh, shit. I love it. Which okay. is five questions. Okay, so good. We're not here until like <laughs> Thursday. Wait, what day is it? Huge okay. fan though. Huge Friday fan. today. Um, okay. Yay or nay? PDA. Ooh. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Smooth or crunchy peanut butter? Oh, crunchy. I would yes. like to note that Issa wrote smooth peanut butter or smooth? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite movie? Mmm. Mm, mm. Holy that comes to you. crap. I know, I know. Oh my God, wait, there's so many, there's so many, there's so many. Um, oh my God. I can't think of a single one right now. Shit. Come back. Okay, come back. Oh my God, this is crazy. What is your- um, oh, wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, it's no, there because no. it's Christmas. Love Always or Notting Hill. 
Oh, I'm a oh, diehard romantic. Love actually. That's, love actually. Love actually. Sorry. Okay. That's that's do you sure. know that's the third um, most popular Christmas movie of all time? It is my Behind only Home Alone and Elf. I heard that <laughs> no, on the radio. What this about morning. a Christmas story? They aired. No. No. no nope. Only Love Actually. What I'm just say? saying for like people that took this poll, mm-hmm. Home Alone. Then <laughs> and I believe you. Then I just don't agree. <laughs> she, she's like yelling at me. I'm so mad. Oh that yeah. No. No. Christmas story so, isn't in this list. Notting Hill and Love Actually, I can watch over and over and over and over. I will never be bored of it. I'll never be tired of it. I will always cry. I will always. I love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. What is your go-to workout? Mm. You're not in the mood, but you're going to go to the gym. You're going to do something. What do you do? So I'm all about lifting weights. Girls, ladies, understand you got to lift the weight. You need Mm -hmm. to do resistance work. But I have a fabulous dog, so we walk all the time. So I'm also an avid walker. He's hiding behind me under a blanket. What kind of dog do you have? The best. He's 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 a Chihuahua rat terrier. He's a little rescue boy. He's 14 pounds of love, and he just turned 12. Oh, yeah, he's my little man. Um, and then lastly, in our fave, what's your vibe? <laughs> You're the best laugh. Oh my god! If I can do it, you can do it. Yes. I love it. The confidence. I don't know if that's count. a vibe, but confidence that's that's count. that's Make my motto at this point. <laughs> I love it. So tell everyone where they can find you. Fuck everyone. Um, I think all the other vibes. Fuck everyone. Um, yes, I love that one. <laughs> I mean, that's really that's really <laughs> Fuck everyone. Just do your thing. Um. Where can you find me? Find me on Instagram at the Confidence Crown. I'm there, and I'd love to meet you. You can also find the podcast under the Confidence Crown, mm-hmm. ideally on uh, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I know. Rate, review, uh, subscribe on iTunes, everyone. Podcasts, yes. And then there's a website also called the Confidence Crown. But find me on IG. We'll have fun. We'll hang out. We'll chat. Yep. And your book is on Amazon, right? It is. There's even an Amazon store on my on the IG. In We're gonna put everything in the show notes. <laughs> yes, I even have a little shop for holiday ideas, and the book is there. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much, Lisa. Okay. Thank you. So nice.